What y'all wanna do? Wanna be ballers, shot callers, brawlers. We'll be dipping in the bands with the spoilers. On the low from the It's all about the Harriet's baby. It's all about the Harriet's baby. It's all about the Harriet's baby. It's all about the Harriet's. Harriet's. They call them dead presidents. But that's not exactly, uh, well, let's investigate. Washington is on the $1 bill. Jefferson is on the $2 bill. And then there's the $5 bill, which depicts Lincoln. Honest, Abe gets the honor. And the $10 bill? Do you know the $10 bill founding father without a father? Lin-Manuel Miranda knows. It's Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. In case you missed that day in U.S. history, Alexander Hamilton is not among the 46 U.S. presidents. Neither was Franklin, like the song, Benjamin Baby. So it should be clear that the U.S. dollar bills are not the exclusive territory of the 41 dead presidents, all of whom who happen to be white. Instead, it's the honor that symbolizes who and what the nation values. Exit Andrew Jackson. No, really, get the heck out of here, Andrew Jackson, one of the worst presidents in American history. Getting rid of Andrew Jackson was one of the first things that the incoming President Joseph Biden, President 46, did when he cleaned the Oval Office in the White House of the residue of President 45. The defeated president had a portrait of Jackson on the wall of the Oval as a sign of honor. According to a recent editorial in the Las Vegas Sun, President Jackson was beginning, quote, an ethnic cleanser and an unrepentant supporter of slavery who enslaved more than 150 people as a plantation owner, end quote. To be clear, the editorial continues that, beginning quote, Jackson's legacy also includes war crimes and atrocities against Native Americans during his military career. His presidency was infamous as well, beginning with a riot among his supporters in the White House, end quote. A riot? Yeah, I said that. In Washington, D.C.? That's right. I guess we can see how much 45 modeled himself after Jackson. The Sun, like many publications, supports an effort started under President 44, President Obama, now revived by President Biden, to tell Andrew Jackson that he's fired. Exit the ethnic cleanser. Exit the unrepentant slave owner. Exit the white supremacist. Enter the African-American action heroine of U.S. history, Ms. Harriet Tubman. The Treasury Department is taking steps to resume efforts to put Harriet Tubman on the front of the new $20 notes. Uh, it's important uh, that our notes, our, our, our money, uh, people don't know what a note is, uh, reflect the history and diversity of our country. And Harriet Tubman's image, gracing the new $20 note would certainly reflect that. So we're exploring ways to speed up that effort, but any specifics would of course come from the Department of Treasury. On today's episode, we examine everything Harriet, 
From the importance of seeing her image grace our currency, her real life story, and one of the most famous women to portray her on the small screen. While the world may be focused on the Benjamins, to start this February, we're all about the Harriets. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. Brought to you by A1 Pestmasters. For all your exterminating and pest control needs, call A1 Pestmasters. And now, all the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your hosts, Valerie Johnson. get a good job with good pay and you're okay when it comes to that physical paper do you care whose picture is on the 20 well when you think about it our currency used to be called notes when a government puts someone's image on a note it means they've become noteworthy isn't Harriet Tubman noteworthy but not everyone agrees with the importance of putting Harriet's portrait on a $20 bill and that resistance is not just coming from white supremacist lovers of Old Hickory Andrew Jackson. Talk broadcaster Karen Hunter tweeted that, beginning quote, unless those 20s with Black Moses go on them into our pockets in the form of reparations, it's an empty gesture, end quote. Womanist author and activist and Rutgers professor Brittany Cooper also was critical of the transition from Jackson to Tubman based on the history of black women in America. Cooper wrote in a recent Time Magazine article that, beginning quote, perhaps we need the Harriet Tubman Reparations Act or the Harriet Tubman Abolition of Prisons Act. What we don't need is Harriet Tubman on 20s. So many of our freedoms we all enjoy today are a direct result of Tubman's heroic efforts. But American money, and our national romance with it is the root of so many of our national evils. Too often, America attempts to atone for racism through style and symbol rather than substance, end quote. In my opinion, both can be true, of course, but Tubman is noteworthy. But should the government do more than change the face of American money? Of course, for now, Give me my Harriet. All I really wanna see is the I don't really need a deal any duck. All I back need is the Now to GameStop and the American stock market. Ten-year-old Jaden Carr got paid this week. No, he didn't rake in Jaden Smith money, but a haul of over three thousand dollars isn't bad for a Kwanzaa gift. As reported by the website MySanAntonio.com, little Jaden received shares of his favorite store for day four of Kwanzaa, Ujamaa, Cooperative Economics. Mom bought 10 shares for $6 each. 
it's just $60 or three Harriets. So how did a fifth grader earn 50 times that investment? Enter Reddit and the group Wall Street Bets, who were determined to game the financial system and gobble up cheap stock like Due to a myriad of real-life factors like COVID-19 lockdowns, the ability to download video games, and the fact that everything inside seems to be priced for twice as much it's worth, GameStop was a place only an 8-year-old Jaden could love. Its stock price hovered right around $17. The hedge funds and the financial gurus of Wall Street, in this case Melvin Capital, reasoned the price would decline. In effect, they shorted the stock. So what if someone bought the stock at such a frenzy that instead of being inexpensive, it would become valuable? Melvin Capital lost billions as Wall Street bets and Reddit members became millionaires. And Jaden Carr became a thousandaire. Meanwhile, this week, I was trying my hand at investing using an app called Robinhood. You know, Robinhood, take from the rich, give to the poor. And if you really don't know, Robinhood advertises itself as a commission-free investing, as a way to encourage everyday people like myself putting their money into the New York Stock Exchange. But when I tried to log into Robinhood, it was down. Now, it's a part of a class action lawsuit. What Wall Street Bets did made international news. And despite how Robinhood builds itself, it has restricted users from buying more than one share of GameStop. If one ever doubted it, the stock market is not a place for poor people to get the come up, except by accident. On the positive side, Jaden cashed out putting $2,200 into a savings account. Smart. And for the remaining thousand, mother and son said they used the money to continue to invest. Cha-ching. So despite the hype, the Carr family is an example, a reminder that the safest way to secure money is to save money. $2,200. That's a lot of Harriet's. Now, it's time to get to know the real Harriet Tubman. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom. Born Eurythma Harriet Ross, sometime between 1820 and 1825, she started life in Maryland, and even worse, in slavery. As a slave, the young woman suffered physical and emotional violence. The worst violence was a blow to her head, delivered in anger that had lingering consequences, causing seizures and severe trauma, which she may have interpreted as visions that would later guide her. The particulars of slavery could be seen in her family. Although she saw her father freed from slavery, he was unable to improve her status. That she would have to do on her own. In her early 20s, Ross married John Tubman. It didn't last. Many factors pulled them apart. Like her slavery, her desire to be free and to bring that status to others became more important than John's reluctance to leave Maryland, 
where he remained to remarry. While she gained the name we know today as a result of that marriage in 1844, it would take another five years before Harriet took a ride on the Underground Railroad. In 1849, Harriet sought out freedom in Philadelphia, accompanied by her brothers. While all three soon returned to their Maryland plantation, Harriet set out again, a woman alone. This would be one of nearly 20 trips in which Harriet took the lead as a conductor, moving from slavery to a state of freedom like Pennsylvania. The trips at times had the elements of action movies, danger, intrigue. No wonder Tubman's life has been made into a movie once for the small and later for the silver screen. In 1850, the risky business of being Harriet Tubman increased with the passage of the Fugitive Slave Act, which sent bounty hunters out to retrieve stolen property. Yes, Lord, during this time we were property. The law caused Tubman to reroute the railroad's destination from Philly all the way to Canada. First, Tubman freed her family, then others who were willing to take the risk. During the Civil War, Harriet Tubman worked as a nurse, a scout, and a spy for the Union Army. Harriet Tubman died in 1913. She was buried with military honors. When it comes to how we understand the historic Harriet Tubman, no one brought her contributions to black history, to American history, to life, as did the actress Cicely Tyson. Yes, there was a recent film, Harriet, which brought an update to the tension Tubman faced in the pursuit of bringing freedom to an enslaved people. British actress Cynthia Erivo played the title character for a new generation of viewers. I thought it was a great movie, but it was no A Woman Called Moses, and Cynthia is no Cicely. There's only one and can never be another. This will be the first February in 96 years that the world will be without Cicely Tyson. In her unmatched career that as of this month spans eight decades, she's a trailblazer of the highest order. Now I can't possibly name every role she's had or every award she's received, so I'm just gonna do some of the highlights. In 1963, she played Jane Foster in the CBS drama East Side, West Side becoming the very first African-American man or woman to star in a television series, ever. She was also the very first black woman to win an Emmy as lead actress in a television movie for her amazing work in 1974's The Autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. And being Cicely, she didn't just win one Emmy for that role, she won two. In 2018, she became the first black woman to be awarded an honorary Academy Award. These achievements are no accident. Ms. Tyson is known for having impeccable taste and high standards when selecting a role. She chooses only rich characters with a brand of personal integrity that match her own. She waited 30 years to have her turn as Carrie Watts in Horton Foote's The Trip to Bountiful. And for that, she won a Tony Award for Best Actress, as well as an Emmy nomination when she starred in the version that was brought to television. In the words of Viola Davis, Cicely Tyson elevates every one of her moments as Ophelia Harkness on how to get away with murder, with an artistry that cannot be explained or taught. That's very true. 
I wrote a tribute of her life on my Facebook page. For some of you newbies, Miss Cicely Tyson might bring to mind her role as a devoted mother to Annalise Keaton, the fierce attorney played by Viola Davis on Chandra Rhimes' How to Get Away with Murder, and that's fine. In that way, Miss Tyson was like a grandmother or aging mother who you always think of as elderly, yet regal, since she was already old when you were born. But let me ask you to remember, to try to remember the first time you saw your grandmother in a picture and you didn't recognize her smile, her vitality, her life. Yet long before Miss Tyson became the inquisitive and nosy old lady, Cicely was electric. In 1978, decades after making careful choices in the role she would and wouldn't portray as a beautiful, dark-skinned actress, Cicely Tyson accepted the role of Harriet Tubman. Similar to Tubman, the historic trailblazer of the Underground Railroad beginning in the 1950s, a century later after Tubman, Tyson created a path to artistic freedom and representation for several generations of black actresses to follow on the stage and on the small and silver screens. At times, it was a lonely journey when many actresses coming up didn't see themselves reflected in movies and film, they were able to look to Tyson, a darker skin complected black African-American portraying roles with depth and tenacity. In 1972, Tyson earned an Academy Award nomination for her role as Rebecca in Sounder. Be careful, Sounder will make you cry y'all. And yes, the Academy Awards, the Oscars are a big deal. But if you grew up like I did in Chicago, seeing Tyson on your TV was like seeing yourself. It's the very definition of representation. And Cicely Tyson was all about representation, lifting up roles that showed the best of us to the rest of the world. So it was no surprise to see Cicely Tyson portray the first lady of the civil rights movement, Coretta Scott King, in the 1978 miniseries, King. One of the roles I remember as a kid that Tyson brought to life was that of the Chicago-based independent educator Marva Collins in the Emmy Award-winning role for the film The Marva Collins Story. So many remarkable roles, so many strong black women characters. Tyson was a deep reflection of the women she portrayed on screen. The storytelling centurion, Miss Jane Pittman, Mrs. Brown, a woman of Brewster Place, and most recently, on the own series, Miss Luma Lee Langston on Cherish the Day. Of the many tributes that came out last week about Tyson, the most moving one I found was done by her godson, singer and rock star Lenny Kravis. The rocker talked about how Tyson supported him in his career and how after his mother passed, Ronnie Roxer of the Jeffersons fame, Cicely stepped into being a mother figure to Lenny on his journey from singer to actor. Kravis received her recently published book, Just As I Am, a memoir, just a few days before she died. He described his godmother as, beginning quote, a black queen who showed us how beautiful black is, end quote. And during her lifetime, she received an honorary Oscar, two Tony Awards, Emmy Awards, 
and the Presidential Medal of Freedom presented to Tyson by President Obama in 2016. In her long and extraordinary career, Cicely Tyson has not only exceeded as an actor, she has shaped the whole course of history. Cicely was never the likeliest of Hollywood stars. The daughter of immigrants from the West Indies, she was raised by a hardworking and religious mother who cleaned houses and forbade her children to attend the movies. But once she got her education and broke into the business, Cicely made a conscious decision, not just to say lines, but to speak out. I would not accept roles, she said, unless they projected us, particularly women, in a realistic light and dealt with us as human beings. And from Sounder to the trip to Bountiful to the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, Cicely's convictions and grace have helped for us to see the dignity of every single beautiful member of the American family. And she's just gorgeous. Thank you, Harriet. And thank you, Cicely. Just know we are all honored by what you have done and will be thinking of you, especially me. Thinking of you. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Next time on Interludes, we'll talk about soul food, food for the soul, and the history of okra on the next Interludes. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble, produced by Valerie Johnson and Michael Womble, original intro and outro produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production, brought to you by A1 Pestmasters. For all your exterminating and pest control needs, call A1 Pestmasters at area code 773-365-9962 or visit their website at a1pestmasters.com. When you book your appointment with A1 Pestmasters, tell them that you heard it first on the podcast called Interludes. And coming soon, the Interludes YouTube channel. Interludes.